What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Episode 39, Sports Guts and Beer Guts Podcast. We're bringing you the Larry Zonka of podcast. The baby, not even that fourth as good as Shaquille O'Neal, the Dwight Howard of podcast. We might even go old school and be bringing you the Greg Oster tag of podcast tonight for episode 39. He's back. He was greatly missed. Little Christopher is with <laughs> us again. Chris, thanks for coming back. That's the listeners back. are listeners are thankful you're back. They don't have to try to listen through my uh, editing uh, that I tried to pull off last week. Um, and by try to pull off, I texted Chris for a solid two hours to try to figure out how to get that thing done. So I'm sure he was trying to figure out, why did I just do this myself? Uh, so glad you're back. We got Cole Huffman coming in. Cole Train, what's 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 shaking, man? What's up? Oh, just you know, getting ready to throw some chairs at each other. Oh, don't take your shirt off before you throw that chair. We might call that pornography. <laughs> some people would call it that. <laughs> Cole, we don't have a whole lot of sports going on, um, so we're we're going to have a full lineup of nothing but Chug Sip Report tonight. Um, but as our wrestling expert and analyst, update the world on what's going on with, with the wrestling. Well, you know, honestly, I, I'm, I'm kind of a poor analyst. I'll, I'll do my best here. I do know that All Elite Wrestling did have a live show that opened up tonight. Um, it's the first time they've had a live show in about six weeks. They had a bunch of episodes they were able to record in a matter of three days and put them in a can. And so they're back live tonight. Seem to have a pretty good card. Uh, this is the one where um, I assume with no fans. No, very few fans. They actually have some of the lower card wrestlers around the ring, just kind of there drinking beer and just yelling and having a good time, being silly. Um, Aren't you there tonight, Cole? So there's like, well, I'm, I'm not one of the wrestlers. <laughs> so you're saying there's like seven people in the stands? They're actually just sitting like right around the ring. There's probably like <laughs> ten guys. You got to check it out. Actually, it makes a lumberjack match. It makes it makes a lot better presentation than what WWE is doing, where there's no crowd at all. It does make it somewhat watchable. Um, AEW is the uh, league what Tony Khan owns, the uh, son of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the uh, soccer team over there in soccer New England. Over there. Yeah. WWE, not really sure what they're doing. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, you watch sports, you watch a little bit of wrestling, you're definitely uh, familiar with who The Undertaker is. Biggest thing in wrestling, I think, in the past month was WrestleMania. They did a match in a graveyard. It was a boneyard match. And The Undertaker, it was more shot like a movie. And that could really be longevity for his career. They could probably do one of those a year with him and make like a 30-minute movie out of just watching the old man walk around and choke slamming somebody. That's all I got. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Uh, Chris evidently informed me just a minute ago that wrestling ratings are some of the worst they've ever been, which can't be good when there's literally nothing else on but the Jordan documentary. That's true. Actually, there is one big rumor going around. I'd be... Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. A big rumor that the WWE is up for sale and oh, Fox al- and allegedly allegedly and Fox and Disney are the two most likely suitors. So stay tuned for that. I'd like to know where Disney's getting their money because those resorts have been closed for a long time and their financials are not looking pretty. All right, guys, let's jump into some Chuck Zipper poor action. Chris, biggest news of the week. The late, the great, 90-year-old Don Shula, RIP, passed away this week. 
Chuck Zipperpour is Don Shula on the Mount Rushmore of greatest coaches ever. I'm going to pour that out. Uh, I think he's up there. You could kind of make an argument that he might should be on there, but I don't know. He was before my time and he's a coach. I've never really thought of it as one of the greats. So for those reasons, he doesn't make it. I mean, Belichick and Lombardi are for sure on there. So you think that night, then you have two spots and I, I don't think Sheila's on there. So yeah, I assume John Wooden is definitely on there. I think we're talking about NFL. Oh, I was just thinking coaches in general. Um, oh, John Wooden was a basketball coach. Oh, you're talking about coaches in general? Oh, he's not even close to Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, I, I like that take. Yeah. Oh. I saw a guy on Twitter who said he is guaranteed to be on he should be guaranteed to be on everybody's Mount Rushmore of coaches in general. Um, as the last pro team to go undefeated. He's got the highest winning percentage in what this guy considered the most competitive professional league in the NFL. Um but I like to go back to Don Shula did go undefeated before they made the playoffs that year. His team literally played one team with a winning record. Uh, that that just would not happen in today's NFL. It would be, be impossible. So I do think Shula was great. Um, he succeeded at four or five diff- on four or five different teams. Um, and, I mean, he did it over a span of like 30 years. Uh, I saw where... Don Shula coached against Bill Belichick, who is still coaching, obviously. And he also coached against um, one of the coaches who was who played in the very first NFL game or coached in the very first NFL game that Don Shula actually coached against both of those. Like it's like an 80 year span. Um, wow. So the dude's the dude's really good. But is he one of the four best NFL coaches ever? Uh I'm pouring that out. Cole, what say you? I feel like I have to sip it, and let me explain why. Mm. So a couple of career highlights. One, the 24-hour Shula rule. Um, he had a rule he was famous for talking about where in, in victory, you celebrated it for 24 hours and you moved on to the next task at hand. In defeat, you felt all the feelings about it for 24 hours and you moved on to the next task at hand. Something good to adopt, I think, in business, in life, definitely in sports. 33 years, 347 wins. He actually had a grill, a steakhouse here in Roanoke, Virginia, because that makes sense. A lot of Don Shula fans, apparently. Yes, it was at the Sheraton Inn back in 2016. I took my team as a young manager who didn't have a lot of time to plan the Christmas party to the 347 Grill, Shula Grill, there at the Sheraton, um, which is in not a nice part of town. Had a very mediocre steak, got the tab that night for about 18 people, and it was $2,100. I say, oh my, what happened here? We had a $50 limit ahead. Started looking at the tabs. These beers, Bud Light in a bottle, glass bottle, mind you. So it's kind of fancy. $8 a bottle at a Roanoke (laughs) bar at the hotel. (laughs) Luckily, my boss happened to be at the party that year because this was his first year not being actually over the office. I now was, but he was still over the area. He was, I'll get it, man. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. He may have been overserved that night because he didn't realize there was already a 20% gratuity included and then tipped another 20 on top of that. <laughs> calls, yeah, me the next, calls me the next day, you've got to go fix this. So I showed up there on Monday at the 347 saying, I'm going to need a little bit of a refund here. Can you help me out? So my boss doesn't fire me. So that's the 347 thing. Also another highlight, he was in the Ace Ventura Pet Detective movie. 
thought that Which, was Dan Marino. Respect. Shula was in it too, as well. Was he he had, a, he had a little clip. Yep. I checked it out. Make sure I was right. He lived to be ninety. I mean, anybody that lives to be ninety, probably lived hard, tanned a lot, looked good. Respect. <laughs> and then just two Super Bowl wins out of six Super Bowl appearances. Yeah. I'll sip well, it. You forgot his greatest achievement ever. He was an assistant coach at the University of Kentucky. You okay. would say you would you would say that. I mean, was that under Bear Bryant? <laughs> I no, I don't think it was. Okay. But on that staff, it was. I remember reading about it, that staff was was loaded. It's got like three or four Hall of Famers on it, NFL head coaching Hall of Famers. Chris, Vol oh, yeah. Twitter is a buzz. Um, UT has decided to start recruiting. They've decided to start attracting five star talent, uh, not just five star hearts anymore. Barrett Sally has decided that because UT has gotten commitments from like seven players in eight days, that they're going to win the SEC East in three years. Chug okay. Sipper Sip Poor, the UT recruiting spree that's going on right now. Uh, I'm going to chug it. Um, Butch Jones era, he started out really good recruiting. He had two really good classes. And I think I think the players kind of got to feel that Butch was not what people thought he was. He was just a used car salesman, shitty coach, terrible person. And uh, and his last three years were just terrible recruiting classes. Uh, and Pruitt's kind of he kind of I don't know he was like fifteenth to twentieth the first two recruiting classes. And this recruiting class is is really good right now. I mean, obviously they have so many players signed. They're obviously going to be really high up in the rankings. So they probably won't finish like the number two rec- recruiting class in the nation, but I'm buying what's uh, what's being built up there. And as far as the SEC East, uh, I mean, Florida's Florida. Uh, they lose so many players to the NFL draft. It's hard to actually like. It's hard to actually know what Florida team's going to look like in three years. Georgia. Uh, I feel like Kirby could be one of these guys that he he could. I don't know. It's it, saving can do what he does and win. For a long period of time, but he's won national titles, and I don't think I think if the national titles doesn't happen soon, I, I think Kirby could be in trouble there, at Georgia, just because the expectations are sky high, and he's not going to win twelve games every year. So it's reasonable to expect that. So I'm chugging it. Well, Cole, I'm going to interject here because I want to pour this out, um, partly because I'm not a big Barrett Salee fan. Um, Tennessee hasn't signed any of these players yet. Irrelevant. But because, because they are committed. Yeah, you're right. Because these kids <laughs> never change their mind. Good point. Um, because they have these guys committed, everybody has decided that Tennessee is going to win the East. And then they naturally say, well, if we win the East, we're one of the best teams in the country. We're probably well, going to the playoffs. There. Um, and if we're going to the playoffs, we might as well win it if we're going there. Uh, so therefore, in three years, Tennessee's in the playoffs and probably win the national title. Pour, pour that out. Um, show me a team that doesn't lose to Georgia State, and I'll tell you you have a team that has a chance of winning the East. Um, but until that happens, pouring this out, it's all it's all it's all big smoke show. Cole, what do you think about the UT recruiting spree? I think Jimmy Pruitt's sticking to his promise the first day he had the press conference coming in as head coach. Okay. Good players are going to come play here, okay? 
right. Here they come. All right. So it was all right. All right. We're going to win games here. All right. And he's doing the job he's being paid to do. All right. He's 45 years old, young coach. At least we're talking some type of positive. Chris actually said something positive about Tennessee football. I can't, I can't pour that, man. He's being positive about let's at least sip it. I have belief in Coach Pruitt, all right? Still bleed a little orange from living in Knoxville, Tennessee for seven years. Some of the best years of my life. Cole, you remember the game we went to together? No. That that was not one of his best years, Chris. We we went to a tailgate party beforehand and got absolutely trashed. (laughs) Yeah. We both decided it was easier to roll down a hill on the way to the stadium than walk down. I do remember that game now that you mentioned that. Not one of my finest moments. Was that – was it – who were we playing? Was it Vanderbilt? South Carolina. Oh, I'm okay. I want Vanderbilt with someone else. Yes, I do recall that. It was a homecoming? Uh, Sure. I really don't remember that much. Yeah. I know there was a hill. All right, guys. Andy Dalton has signed with the Cowboys. Why does anybody care about this? I don't know. Um, he went from saying he would be a Bengals backup. I have to imagine they were willing to pay him more than $3 million. Um, but he's he was he signed for seven. He's only guaranteed three. There's no chance he's getting the rest. Uh, but he isn't a quarterback-friendly offense with a team that is yet to pay Dak Prescott. Cole, Chuck Zipperpore, Andy Dalton – uh, has a meaningful impact with the Dallas Cowboys this year. Um, de- as far as a meaningful impact, definitely going to pour that out. It's just another ginger to hate now that uh, Jason Garrett's gone. Everybody hates a ginger. Bring Andy Dalton in. He's our new ginger to hate. Um, you know, is he from Texas? He played yes. in Texas Christian, yep. right? So maybe maybe that was the attraction for him. It was. It's from a Dallas perspective. Does that kind of take away the leverage from Dak? Eh, did he really have any? I don't know. I'm going to pour it out, though. Chris, any love for Andy Dalton? Uh, I actually do. I'm going to chug it. Yes. Um, My man. So he, he did sign with the Cowboys because of the coronavirus stuff going around. He already has a house in the area. So he was it was just easier just to stay there instead of trying to find a place in the city with a quote-unquote pandemic going around. So that's actually why he signed there, one of the main reasons. Uh I thought it was a really smart signing uh, because I don't think the Cowboys want to pay Dak. And I really think there's a good chance that whenever football season does start, that Dak Prescott's holding out because he's not happy with uh, not having a long-term deal. So wouldn't shock me at all if Dak's uh, holding out. So for that reason, I'm going to chug it. I think Dalton will actually see the field. What What are the optics on that to have – him being in the locker room and his teammates who knowing that he signed with Dallas because he thought it was the best thing due to the, a virus. Like, do you really want to be a part of this team or you're just trying to make some money and, and definitely make sure you kept safe? He's making $3 this? million, so he's not really making – I don't think any of those players care. They all know it's a business. And if yeah. a team – when they become a free agent, if a team offers to pay them a guaranteed salary, they're, head, they're changing locker rooms too. I don't think they really care. Players take uh, hometown discounts all the time. Like from where they're from, so right, especially at this point, yeah, especially at this point in his career. Um, I'm actually with Chris. I'm chugging this because that Mike McCarthy offense, um, that's true, is going to sling the ball. Um, Dalton, I think, is good enough to put up numbers in that offense, and I think if they do that and they realize 
hey, he can be our our bridge for the next next couple of years. Um, you're paying the guy next to nothing for a competent guy. Um, I was afraid of what Bill Belichick was going to do with Andy Dalton, four time Pro Bowler Andy Dalton. Um, so I'm glad he's with the Cowboys. I think it's a good fit for everybody. What's a good fit for nobody, Cole Huffman? We got murder hornets coming across the ocean. They are here in America. Chuck Sipper are you going to die by a murder hornet? From everything I've been reading, I'm going to pour that out as well. I feel like I remember reading an article or, or somebody's take way early on with the COVID thing. If you believe all the hype, if you don't, somewhere in the middle is probably where I land. But it was like, what's the media going to come up with next to make us afraid? Like now that they know they control us with this, what's next? We get murder hornets. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, come on. Um, apparently, I was reading about about it tonight a little bit for the pod. Like, this is nothing to worry about. It sounds cool. Um, it sounds like it literally sounds no, like it a sci- not, It does not sound cool at it's, all. It sounds like a sci-fi movie. Murder hornets. I mean, really? Or a softball team in Cookville. <laughs> the murder hornets. Come on, That's man. Chris, does this sound like a sci-fi movie or does this sound like an episode of The Simpsons? Oh, I see where you're going there. Um, I, I will sip it. Um, I got stung last year for the first time in a couple of years by either a wasp or a yellow jacket. I can't remember which one, but it hurt like the dickens and my it stung me right on my finger, which you'd be like, oh, that's not a bad spot. It, but it, did you die? I didn't die, but I think swell up so much. It, it was wasn't so called a murder hornet, though, Cole. Um, I I'm not a fan of pain, so uh, <laughs> I there's a, if I got stung, there's a chance I I could puss out and die from it. So I'm gonna sip it. Uh, Wait a minute, bad karma on my end. I thought these were hornets. They sting you. They control your brain, and you murder someone. <laughs> Those are the zombie hornets, Cole. Uh, they have, they're, uh, not com- they're not coming until June 2040. 2040 um no i love the uh the episode making the rounds on twitter where uh, there's an episode of the simpsons where everybody is dealing with some flu-like virus that came from china and as they're trying to figure out they're all barking saying they need a, a vaccine they need something and as they um basically overtake the truck that supposedly had the vaccine in it they unleashed killer bees or these murder hornets um I I was stung by yellow jackets um, right before a football game one time that I wasn't playing in. So I go up into the stands and I'm just itching like crazy. I can't sit still. I'm telling these buddies like, I know I got stung, but I've been stung before. Never, never thought anything of it. Well, evidently I'm allergic to yellow jackets because I drove home, jumped in the shower and then called my parents. They were both working. So they said, Hey, call Adam's mom. Uh, so I get to call my buddy Adam's mom, Miss Karen, and say, hey, do you have any Benadryl? I am welted up, but I'm standing in the shower and I'm not getting out. This is the only thing keeping me from itching like crazy. <laughs> so Adam is my most conservative friend I have. Uh, sure enough, his mom rolls up in there with some, uh, uh, with some Benadryl as I'm hiding behind the door trying to keep my legs in the shower. Um, so I'm taking these murder hornets serious, Cole. This is not one of your conspiracy theories. Uh, we, we've seen your Facebook post. Um, <laughs> murder hornets, but a two-inch hornet comes flying at me. I'm getting the tennis racket out like it's a carpenter bee, and we're going to town. 
I'm going to be like that kid in, what was it, The Sixth Sense that was hitting the water bottles at the aliens. Um, I'm attacking sure. those murder hornets. Well, I'll definitely Chris, kill one if I see it. I don't think you're man enough. You've shaved your beard. You can't do it. Chris, ESPN keeps throwing out these ESPN the Ocho nights. Uh, we're talking cornhole. I saw one the other night. It was a dude that was juggling, and he had a goalie in front of him as people were throwing like dodgeballs, trying to knock the bowling pins out of the air that he was juggling. And the goalie in front was trying to like block the balls. Um, there's been axe throwing. There's I saw the other night. I didn't watch it, but there was an electrician national championship was going on. Chris, are you down with the ESPN the Ocho? I I am. I'm oh, chugging it. I, I think ESPN should put out an ESPN the Ocho channel. So this oh, is 24 7, 365. This is the worst just, take the pod's ever heard. Just insane sports uh competitions uh no we're not calling these sports chris i say competitions also uh, <laughs> attractions i mean it's like a train wreck most of them like i saw lawnmower racing from like 1989 <laughs> the other day uh, how can you not love that that was awesome i think everybody i think it's like it makes its rounds everybody gets all excited I cannot sit through and watch more than three minutes of the electrician's national championship. I just can't do it. Now, cornhole. I like playing cornhole. I'm not going to watch somebody do it. The only event they've had that I get into is those lumberjack competitions. Like, not the axe Ooh. throwing, but, like, the dudes, oh, like, yeah. you know, you, you the you great notch, outdoor games, yeah. Yeah, like, you notch the timber, and then, like, you stick the pole in, you climb up, and then you chop off the top of the tree. I watch that stuff for some reason, but I'm not an ESPN the Ocho guy. I just think it sounds good. Cole, you seem like an ESPN the Ocho guy. Nah, I'll sip it. I'm with you. Like, I enjoy like the, the thing for five minutes, but I can't sit there and watch all of it. The, I, I do like the one thing I saw. It was a guy, it was a knife competition where the guy was like literally cutting just the smallest like lines of things like really fast, and he has to like throw the knife and grab the knife again. And those are pretty cool. Can't watch that's more than five minutes of it. That sounds like a late night infomercial for some night. And they're like trying to like. <laughs> but it's like people, it's like just these big dudes. They're, it's definitely not a sport. It's just something to watch for five minutes. You're flipping through the channels. The best part, as you said about it, is just the name ESPN The Ocho. <laughs> looks, looks good on a t shirt. Uh, Tom Hart, one of my favorite football announcers. Um, he, was, he did most of the XFL games, um, does a lot of SEC basketball, football. Uh, he reported that the NFL is going to play on Saturdays if there is no college football starting in September. And the way he he presented it was basically if college football doesn't start in September, the NFL will schedule Saturday games for the whole year. So if college picks up in October, November, uh, the NFL is going to roll with it. Cole, how do you feel about the NFL playing on Saturdays? Um, if that would um, get rid of some of the really late games on Sundays. I'm all for it. Um, I'll definitely all one late game every Sunday. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. That's that's a bad take. Cole. Well, I don't enjoy when the game is late or the Monday night game, which will always be Monday night football. That's not going anywhere. But I'm just saying I enjoy watching the Sunday night game. It's on late. If I don't have to do that anymore, that's fine. Probably won't happen. I'll sit the idea. I think college football will indeed happen, though. Cole, 
the problem is not the late games for the NFL. The problem is there are 14 1 p.m. NFL games every Sunday that nobody gets to watch. You can't follow. And then the, the two weeks, they don't have 14 1 p.m. games. They have eight uh, 3 or 4 o'clock games. I don't understand the scheduling. Um, Chris, are you a fan of NFL playing on Saturday? Um, I'll sip it. Um, I'll sip it. I It's what, I mean... I'd probably rather watch football on Saturday, uh, stay up late Saturday. Uh, I guess you'd have a Sunday night game and Monday night game still. But, uh, yeah, I'll sip it. Uh, Saturdays tend to be more more chill for me than Sundays. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I'm, I'm sipping it. If we're not getting college football, give me some NFL on Saturday. Um, or they, could split the, they could split the games up and have Saturday and Sunday. Well, that's what I wonder is if the NFL plays on Saturday, they get ratings. What if they never go back? What if they always play Saturday and Sunday? It would help a lot with their travel schedule, help a lot with scheduling. Um, So I wouldn't want that to happen, just like I hate when college football plays on Friday nights. I'm not going to watch high school football, but I just hate that they do it on Friday nights. Um, So NFL, stick to Sundays. Unless college football says they're not playing, then feel free to fill my Saturdays with something on TV that I'm going to watch. Cause right now there's not a whole lot that, that we're watching in the Bryant residence guys. Has it, have either one of you got your hair cut? Does it look like I have? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're wearing a hat. Um, you're the only one of us that doesn't have to go to a barbershop to get your hair cut. Well, um, I mean, does Cole have hair to cut. I haven't had been to a, well, I haven't had my hair cut in eight years. My beard trim, that's one reason I don't have the beard anymore because I couldn't really maintain that beast all by myself. So I had to just knock it down to pretty much nothing due to my barber being closed. Well, guys, here in Tennessee, they opened up the barber shops this last Friday. Um, so they opened local, up today. Uh, they opened up today? Yeah. Well, around here, they opened up on Friday around really? East Tennessee. Um, the So in Knoxville, what they decided to do is auction off the first um, first round of openings to get your hair cut. Because I guess they can only do like one an hour or something the way they have to schedule people out. Um, the early Friday appointments went for they, the auctions all started at 50 bucks. These went for over $200 a piece. Cole, Chug Zipper Poor paying $200 to get your hair cut. I mean, you can't hide money and you got to spend. It's a good way to help out these barbers and, and, and stylists that have been closed down for months. If it was all in fun, but I don't know, man. I'm going to sip it. I want to chug it, but it's still like you're there to provide a service for people. You know they've been waiting on you, and you know you can get away with making a lot of money and maybe putting, putting that on people. So I'm just going to sip it. I'm not going to pour it out, but don't love it. Kind of get it. Don't necessarily hate it. Chris? Two hundred dollars oh. for a haircut. Uh, I'm pouring out, paying two hundred dollars for a haircut, but I am chugging the idea behind auctioning off uh, <laughs> hair appointments. And I wish that would be a permanent thing, because my ass would find the cheapest one and be like, uh, "I'll just wait until I get till I win one at the ten dollar haircut rate or something." <laughs> and that Chris is, is on what the Facebook is. group trying to auction off a secondary haircut <laughs> for Tuesday at two p.m. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this idea though. It, it's it's genius in my opinion. Uh, kudos to to the barbers uh, for actually uh, coming up with this idea to make some money. It kind of sucks for them because they only get one client an hour, 
like tops. True. And if you get a color, like if you if you have, I'm not talking know, about me. I, I didn't know you had an insight into this, Chris. <laughs> I'm just talking about wow. like a salon thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you have that, then I mean, you're looking at it's going to be two hours taken up because they have to, apparently have to a lot like 30 minutes of cleaning time after each appointment or something. So now we know why Chris didn't have any grays. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm actually all in on this. Um, if, if somebody was willing to pay you 200 bucks to do a service that you haven't been able to do for the last two months, then by George, let them pay you 200 instead of the 25 or 50, whatever it costs before. And I'm also like, Chris, I'm okay if this becomes, I'm okay if this becomes a, a thing like forever. Um, you know, you auction off a, a hair appointment. If I'm a barber and somebody says, Hey man, I really need my hair cut. Can you come in on a sa- Saturday afternoon? Well, I can, but Saturday afternoons, my haircuts cost $105. Um, is it worth your time or not? So guys, there have been several Wendy's that have taken beef off their menu due to this meat shortage going around. Uh, saw a number today that one out of five Wendy's is currently not serving beef. I went I went to a Wendy's for lunch today. Um, the double stacks, they're not serving. Any any burger that had two patties on it was no longer being served at our local Wendy's. But the crazy thing is, why is Wendy's the only company having a shortage? I've not heard anything about McDonald's or anybody else. Um, so Chris, chug, sip, or pour the Wendy's meat shortage. I'm chugging it because my wife went there today and they had all the burgers off the menu. Uh, here and so what do you get uh she got chicken nuggets spicy chicken nuggets i think it was that's what whitney had today huh. uh, are you all seeing the same girl <laughs> she had red hair nope not today <laughs> but uh yeah I, I think it comes down to uh wherever wendy's gets their uh beef from they're having a, a COVID out, outbreak and that and they're shut down. So that's that's where the shortage is. It happens just at that plant specific. Uh, not everybody gets the same. They're be from the same spot, obviously. So I think that's why Wendy's is having the issue. Not 100% sure on that. but Well, I know Bubs works at a chicken factory, but I'm still blaming him for this. Um, Bubs needs to get off his ass and do something about the beef shortage because I need a double stack. I need a baconator. Um and I need it now. Cole, if you roll into a Wendy's and they don't have burgers, what are you ordering? Is it worth going? No, honestly, I I mean, I could go with the nuggets in a pinch, but I usually go for the junior bacon cheeseburger. So that is single patty. So I'm within those rules. <laughs> um, maybe just add extra, add extra bacon to help compensate for the no beef. <laughs> Onto the junior bacon cheeseburger, just the junior bacon Bacon, bacon. I don't know. Anywho, I, I'm going to definitely pour that out. Conspiracy theory alert going off right now. I think they're short on it. The real reason there's a shortage on toilet paper. They're using toilet paper <laughs> in their burgers. <laughs> so parallel that with shortage of toilet paper, shortage of beef at Wendy's. Coincidence? Maybe. Breaking news here on Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Also, Trump said he's going to call. What is this? I saw it. Trump says he will call Wendy's executive to help fix meat shortage. Wow. New York, New York Post. Nice. So, that'll I mean, fix it. That'll fix it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
speaking of making up things on the internet, um, Cole, Chuck Zipperpour made up holidays such as Cinco de Mayo. I meant to do some research on Cinco de Mayo. I, did we grow up? I mean, I think my family told me it, it was celebrating the ship, the Mayo, that sunk on May 5th. <laughs> nope. Heard that one before somewhere, picked it up, not sure. We're celebrating the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's a reason to have tacos and margaritas, so why not? I'll chug made-up holidays because most of them are made up anyway. Uh, I'm I'm with Cole. I'm chugging this because it's a made-up holiday that requires... I don't have to get my kids in a costume. I don't have to go out and buy gifts. I don't have to decorate. I literally just roll into a Mexican restaurant, eat a buttload of tacos, drink a whole bunch of margs, sign me up for this. A holiday with no expectations, but me to eat. I'm not cooking at the house, not having anybody over, chugging Cinco de Mayo. Chris, where are you at on these made-up holidays? I'm going to chug as well. Uh, found myself at the local Mexican restaurant yesterday. Uh, I had a little $6 chicken, cheese, and rice plate. Our spot? Did you go to our spot? Uh, I was not in Cookville, no. I was oh, I was down here where tragic, I live now. Tragic. Uh, and they also had two-for-one margaritas. So uh, I had a good lunch. I had a fun time on lunch. I'm still <laughs> unemployed temporarily. So, uh, yeah, I had nothing to do yesterday. So it was a good day. Um, speaking of made-up holidays, conspiracy theories, Chris, are you chug sipping or pouring wearing a mask right now? The CDC recommends everybody does it when you leave your house. Are you or are you not wearing a mask? Um, I am not wearing a mask. Uh, I'm probably going to get some some hate from that. Throw them in jail. Uh, I, I just don't feel like the, the mask does anything to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Just saying. Uh, plus, I, I really don't go anywhere, so it's whatever. When I go back to work, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be forced to wear a mask all day, sitting at a little cubicle, in my my little cubicle at work. Uh, that's gonna blow balls. So, <laughs> yeah, not looking forward to that. I feel like when I leave the house, I'm generally going to pick up food. Um, it is hard to eat and drink with a face mask. Um, that being said. <laughs> I have a mask I don't always wear, but me and the wife made the decision tonight that we're ordering masks for us and the kids to start wearing them because we feel like it, we're supposed to and we need to. But truth be told, I have not always worn a mask. Cole, you're, you work in the healthcare field. Are you sure. all in on the mask? Uh, I'm not personally all in on the mask. We, we are providing those uh, for our nurses, being that they do take care of very immune deficient uh, pediatric patients. So they are wearing masks. I think they should be. I have not personally been wearing one. I did order one yesterday. Shocker on WWE.com. It is the Ric Flair mask. <laughs> I thought That's you were telling us you ordered a shocker mask. <laughs> I already have one. I have three of those. <laughs> Broke a couple. So, um, yeah, I've got my Ric Flair mask is in the mail. It's, it's on the way. You know, it's not for me to, to not get COVID. I'm too tough for that shit. It's just so I don't impact other people. Yeah, it's not it's not for you. It's for everybody else. It's for grandma. Nice politically yeah. correct answer right there. Yeah. Well, boy, speaking of being politically correct, Cole, how do you feel about your polit your politicians out there cussing during speeches? Mr. Jim Justice, uh, the governor of West Virginia, 
I think it's pretty clear. Let an f bomb slip in the middle of a speech. Um, he claims not only did he not drop the f bomb, but he has never used the f word, nor would he ever. Um, Chuck Zipper politicians dropping f bombs. It's never okay to drop the f bombs. What my mom taught me. Is it hilarious at times when Jim Justice does it? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck, it sounds like a duck, it must be a glitch, right? <laughs> um, the guy's definitely lying. Um, I told you guys before we started the podcast, I actually uh, worked with one of the guys who used to play AAU basketball, I guess, in West Virginia, and Jim Justice was his uh, basketball coach. And I texted him right before the podcast, said, have you ever heard him use the F word? He was, oh, yeah, very first practice. Jim Justice <laughs> came out today or yesterday saying that he has never in any form or fashion used the F word. Well, that's just boring, and it's not true. So as far as politicians using it in a uh, forum, on a platform where everyone's listening, I'm going to pour that out. Chris, how do you feel about your politicians dropping F-bombs? I'm going to sip it. Uh, I think there's probably a greater than 80% chance. uh, My kid's going to get a note sent home from school that says he used some profane language. Uh, whenever he decides to go to school and I'm going to look at it and I'm just going to nod my head. When he decides to go to school <laughs> or whenever he goes to school, I don't know how that works. Come on now. I'm not going to win any father of the year awards. Let's be honest. Uh, no. What do, you mean, I, what do you mean? My kid decided to go to my kid that decided to go to school has bad language. I've been raising right. But yeah, he's going to get the note and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to like, it's, I'm going to have to have a straight face, but I'm going to laugh inside, probably laugh outside. I'd be like, kiddo, you can't do that at school. Come on now. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I understand why people would have a problem with it, but uh, I think it's kind of funny most of the time. So it is what it All is. Right. All right. So let's see where the line is. Let's say the governor, any governor, murders somebody. Can they Can they still be the governor? No. No. Okay. All right. Let's say the governor has a DUI. Can they stay the governor? Yes. Well, yeah. You think so? All right. So somewhere between murder and DUI is our, um, let's say governor gets caught trafficking drugs. Can they stay the governor? No. No. All right. So DUI and drug trafficking is where we're at. All right. I know where you got to stand then when it comes to if we're going to impeach our governors or not. I mean, it's Some, West. Don't let's not be lost on it. It's the governor of West Virginia. <laughs> just you know, sure West Virginia. Clear. If you haven't seen the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, highly <laughs> recommend it. This is the same governor that was, has been Democrat um, and a Republican and an independent, all three in the same term um, as a governor. So yeah, he's going to say whatever he wants to say. Guys, speaking of saying whatever you want to say, did you guys see the John Curry and Steve Forbes introduction video at Wake Forest? John Curry of UT fame tried to hire Shiano. Uh, all Twitter that got mad. <laughs> did not work out for anybody involved. Uh, for some reason, Wake Forest thought it'd be a good idea to hire the guy. So they hire Steve Forbes of ETSU to be their basketball coach. Um, it's not going well at all. Uh, the introductory video has them wearing masks because of COVID. So they're 
worried, obviously, about this. It also shows the athletic director, John Curry, throwing Steve Forbes a whistle for Steve Forbes to use. Uh, Steve Forbes rips off his mask, throws it to the ground, and shouts something to the effect of, you know, demon nation, we're ready, let's go. Um, he has had seven players enter the transfer portal. Steve Forbes well, has. Some of them were already in the transfer portal. Well, they were already in, and two of them have said since they named a coach that they are now not coming back. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's at Wake Forest because of the previous coach, Danny Manning, sucked. So Danny Manning players, sucked. players transferring out is not the biggest of deals. The only reason I care about any of this is because Steve Forbes has decided to trash talk my Kentucky Wildcats, the University of Kentucky, um, because his best player is transferring to Kentucky. Um, Chris, Chuck Zipperpore, the Steve Forbes, John Curry tandem working out at Wake Forest. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sip it. Uh, John Curry literally did the same thing that he did at Tennessee with Shiano is – he picked his buddy. He's like, this is my guy, and I don't care what you think. He's going to be the head coach because uh, Wake Forest alumni were uh, – they were not really in on Steve Forbes. I think Steve Forbes is a hell of a coach. I think he will uh, has a chance to be successful at Wake Forest considering what Wake Forest expectations are, uh, but that's a tough job. So it wouldn't surprise me if in four years you're looking back and Wake Forest is still the eighth-best team in the ACC <laughs> – and uh, John Curry's on his way out of Wake Forest because the boosters are like, hey, we wanted – I think they wanted one of two guys, either this Miller kid or Odom. Uh, Odom's at UMBC. And then Miller, I forget where he's at. He's at somewhere. UNC Wilmington? Yeah, I think so. One of those, I think yeah. that's right. They, they both had a lot of connections with uh, with some Wake Forest money donors, so – and Curry already had his mind made up Forbes. They had, a, they had a relationship from Curry's initial UT days before he, the Shiano stuff. Uh, so that's that was the connection. Curry had the hire done the whole time. He just kind of did the dog and pony show for the other guys just to, just to piece some people. So I think Curry's a terrible AD, obviously, as a Tennessee fan. <laughs> that's the stance I have to have. I think Forbes is a good coach, but I think Wake Forest is a very tough job. So... I'll sip it. Forbes has to win for it to work, though. I always thought Forbes was a good coach. Um, I mean, he is coached under some not good guys. Um, he was with he was with Greg Marshall at Wichita State. He was with Billy Gillespie before he came to Kentucky, um, and then he was with your boy uh, Bruce, Bruce Pearl. <laughs> Arguably, some will say the best coach in college basketball history. There's a lot of stories that Bruce Pearl is a complete ass to his assistant coaches, though. And a sleazeball, um, but a great, <laughs> but an all-around great guy to hang out with. Great guy. Um, Especially at barbecues. Yeah, but I have to wonder how good of a coach Steve Forbes thinks he is to take this job. Um, these guys at these mid-majors can stay there, and they're going to win no matter what in the conferences that they are, and they generally wait for a job that they know they can win at before they take it. Correct. Um, him taking this job that he knows he's not winning in the next two or three years, if ever, makes me wonder if he just thinks his time is up and this is his last chance. So, um, it, this ain't working. John Curry's not working anywhere. I don't think Steve Forbes is going to work, especially when you come and you start swinging at the big dogs like the Cats. Um, hopefully they'll hopefully they'll put them on the schedule in the next couple of years. Um, 
Cole, Steve Forbes, John Curry, will they work? Uh, you already think the battleship when you talked about Bruce Pearl. That's all I had. I was going to sip it just based on he rubbed shoulders with Bruce Pearl for a few years down there in Tennessee. Um, everything you guys said about him seems like a good coach. Seems like, though, we got the guy hiring his buddy. That never works out in business decisions. So I'm going to just pour it out. Was going to sip it, but I don't think it's going to work. Not that Cole would ever hire his buddies for anything either. Um, <laughs> last last on the list, Cole had, had a late addition here. Um, Cole, Iowa, which has closed very few things for this whole coronavirus, have decided they're not even going to close their strip clubs. And they have they have introduced the world to drive-through strip clubs. Chug, sip, or pour the drive-through strip club. The, the what? <laughs> <laughs> We got Pac-Man Jones in the house. Pac-Man Jones, script club, man. Strip club. Um, the idea, I mean, they got inventive. Um, I'm going to, I don't know. I mean, ethically, I'm going to pour it out. The idea of it as, as a business idea to keep your business afloat, I'm going to chug it. <laughs> you know, the, the concept just sounds absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you must be really desperate to go there and spend any money whatsoever. Um, God bless them is all I got to say. Got to gotta get through college. I, I've got to pour out the idea of strip clubs, drive-through strip clubs. Um, you can't have half-naked ladies throwing chairs in a parking lot with kids being able to see them. Um, <laughs> that is straight-up pornography. I don't care who you ask. Every mama in, you know, from here to Winston-Salem would agree with me. Um but part of me is also down with if you're in the strip club, everybody's driving through, seeing you slowly meander through. Um, so you get that uh, you get that drive of shame as you pull out of the parking lot because everybody knows what you've been doing. Uh, the Dodge Caravan just driving through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I can just see some some dad who's been furloughed, whose kids taking a nap in the back seat, like, well. Ain't got nothing else to do. If I pull home, he's gonna wake up. So that's... he's talking about me right now. <laughs> yes, honey, Chris. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive the kids to sleep. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> Chris, chug super poor drive through strip club. Uh, I'm gonna chug. This oh. is a great idea. There is a 110 percent chance that if I was lived close to the state of Iowa, uh, Logan, your wife would be getting a Snapchat of. Uh, <laughs> Of the drive-through strip club. Uh, for those that don't the know the story, sent her a, a Snapchat of a strip. For those that don't know the story, uh, back in my college days, went to the strip club, sent a Snapchat to literally every Snapchat friend I had, uh, which included Logan's wife. But yeah, it was not one of my finer moments. It, there was lots of vodka before we made the strip club trip, and yeah, not not much memory there. But yeah, that happened apparently. It happened, and boys, this podcast is going to happen again next week. But for now, this has been episode 39 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Thank you, Greg Ostertag, Dwight Howard, and the late, the great, American Gladiator original, Larry Zonka. Tell all the hunters Lay down their guns Tell them that the tiger Needs a little bit of love Let them run the jungle Let them roam
Then stand back and marvel What a beautiful cat Cause I saw Tiger I saw a tiger, the tiger saw 